been out of my mind a long time. I've been out of my mind a long time. I be saying how I feel at the wrong time. Might not come when you won't, but I'm on time. Hey, y'all heard about the good news? Y'all sleeping on me, huh? Had a good snooze. Wake up, nigga, wake up. We about to get this paper. I can't let these people play me. Name one genius that ain't crazy. This is Real Talk with Ben Tompkins. Hi, what's good? How's everybody doing? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Nobody Currently, and that's the way we like it for now. And it's for the best. It's for the best. So, uh, But actually, I do have somebody to plug right here at the beginning. My man, Tyler Pope. He owns the Barbershop Fades on 4th. If you're looking for somebody to go to to get a fresh fade, a little lineup, looking fresh, you know, he cuts white people hair too, man. It's not just the brothers. He does everybody. And he's one of the most skilled hair artists that I've ever seen. And that's what it is. I mean, it really is art. It really is art. So go down there and see him. Tell him Benny T sent you and he's going to hook you up with a supreme service. It's valued at 60 bucks. He's going to give it to you for 35 if you mention my name. Say, hey, Benny T sent me. I'm friends with Benny T. He's going to be like, oh, bet. What's good, man? And he'll know that you're good people. So if you're looking for a new place to get your hair cut, fades on fourth. Go support a local business. Today is going to work a little bit differently because I didn't work a lot last week. That's really what it is. Last week, we had so much snow here in Louisville that I couldn't drive. I couldn't drive a whole lot. And not because I doubt myself as a driver in snow. I drove to the gym and back every morning, and even though the roads were kind of a mess in the mornings, I know how to get from A to B in the snow. You just have to commit to, like, look, here's the thing. If you just commit to going slow, no matter where you're going, just keep in your mind that you're going to go 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 miles an hour underneath the speed limit, depending on what kind of a road you're traveling on, right? If you're on the highway, probably going to be safe to go about 45, 50 if the speed limit is 55 to 70 miles an hour. And if you're on a highway like 42 or Brownsboro Road or Bardstown Road, you're probably good to go about 25, 30 miles an hour and not give a shit about who's behind you, honking their horn, flashing their brights, trying to get ahead of you, being obnoxious. You just have to say, you know what? I'm not going to cave to that pressure. I know what I need to do to be safe and I know what I need to do in order to get to my destination safely. So that's what I'm going to do. And I have absolutely no problem doing that for myself. If I'm going to grab something to eat or going to the gym or I have a PT appointment or something like that, I'm cool. What I'm not cool with is being out on the road for long periods of time because it's just an exposure to risk thing for me. You know what I mean? Like my biggest fear is that I'm going to be sitting in a turn lane somewhere waiting to turn left and sitting in that lane at a red light and there'll be somebody that's coming to turn right, right where I'm on, like the road that I'm on, and they will be going too fast, they'll underestimate it, and they will slide right into me and boom. Or worse, I'll be sitting in a light and someone will rear-end me. I, I mean... These are very legitimate concerns. Or even it's not, maybe it's not even them. Maybe I'm sitting there and then two cars back from me, somebody gets hit and then it's like domino effect. Um, I saw that happen. I just actually had a rider who was telling me that they were in a car accident where an ambulance was going too fast, hit um, a car, like three cars behind this person. They were at the front of the intersection and an ambulance hits a car, I guess it would have been two behind them and they still, both of those cars that the ambulance hit, 
both move forward and wreck her car as well. And she was actually coming back from PT. And so her back was messed up and she was, you know, okay, you know, thankfully, but, um, that happens. That happens a lot. And that wasn't even where like snow was on the ground. That was like a few weeks ago. And she's telling me about this. So that happens a lot. And I'm just not willing to take that risk in, because if something happens to the car, then I'm in another situation like I was at where I can't drive and I can't work and I can't get any stories and I can't make any money. And it's just all these things are going wrong. And I'm like, I don't want to put myself in that position. And driving for six or seven hours at a time puts me at an extremely high risk for that to happen, for an accident to happen. And so while I wanted to be out there and while I wanted to get a bunch of stories and you know, I, I just wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna take that risk. Short term, it sucked. Long term, I, I just gotta trust the process. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. So today's going to be a little bit different in that I don't have a number of certain stories that I'm going to be giving you guys. I really just have a couple of stories because I really only drove one day. I drove this past Monday and got back out there and I actually do have, it ended up being perfect. I mean, this really, wor- this really worked out perfectly because I really didn't have shit sitting down thinking on Sunday, thinking like, what am I going to do this week? I don't have any stories. I didn't drive at all last week. I guess I'm just going to title this episode Snow Days and still put something out just to remain consistent. And so you guys aren't wondering why the hell didn't we get an episode this week? But I really didn't have anything because I didn't drive at all last week. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I could do that. And they would understand. I mean, you guys would understand, obviously, if we got rocked with snow around the area. And for the reason that I just laid out, not only thinking about just the car, but also my safety and the safety of other ones, other people's loved ones. Like, I I just, you know, that just, it just screams bad situation, okay? And so, I know that you guys would be understanding if I came in here and said, hey guys, snow day episode, just wanted to put something out to keep you guys, you know, in this habit of listening to these every week and uh, leaving ratings and reviews and subscribing and sharing these and doing all that awesome stuff that you guys are so good at doing and I really appreciate that, but... I don't have anything for you today, so I just figured I'd come in and kind of talk about a couple things, but then Monday happened, and I did get a good story, and I've got a good story for you here in a minute that I'll get to. I also want to make a quick announcement. Um, Next week, I will have Uber Stories Part 25. And we'll go on as regularly scheduled. But I'm actually going to be driving and collecting those stories and getting that episode. There'll be less days that I have to drive. So usually I've got Sunday and I've got Monday. And then I flip the stories on Tuesday to release episodes on Wednesdays. But I'm going to Vegas with my girlfriend on Monday of next week. And we're going to be there from Monday to Saturday. We're going to be an entire week in Vegas. I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. But uh, I'm going to flip this episode next week a little bit sooner so that I can still have Uber Stories Part 25, and that'll be next Wednesday. And so I'll drop that while I'm on the road, but it'll be like nothing, no, no pause in the content. And then the following week, since I will have not have driven that week, right, leading into what would be Uber Stories Part 26, um, there'll be a little gap, and I'm going to recap the trip that we take to Vegas. 
and then the next week, Uber Stories Part 26 will resume. Um, Vegas is going to be awesome. It's me and Maddie. We're going out there. We're spending a week out there. We're staying at the Flamingo Hotel. I've stayed at the Aria and Mandalay Bay before. This time we're staying at the Flamingo. It's where Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, that was the very first, one of the very first hotels in Las Vegas. And I'm really excited about that. And not only that, the thing that I'm most excited about is this. This is a big flex, guys. So the day clubs and the night clubs are opening back up on March 5th, which is going to be the Friday of the week that we're out there. And these places are opening back up at 35% capacity, and they're not open to the general public. So you have to buy either a table or a day bed or a cabana or some kind of a thing like that where you're getting bottle service just to be able to get into the club. And at Wet Republic, which is one of the very famous pool party locations that artists come and perform, I've seen, I can't remember who it was, I think it was either the Chainsmokers, it was the Chainsmokers when we were out there um, for Max's bachelor party, we saw the Chainsmokers at Wet Republic, and it's crazy lit, it's crazy lit, but so is this, this is so fucking lit, you guys, because literally the very first day that they're going to be allowing people to come back, and they're not going to have any live DJs or anything, but they'll be playing music over the speakers, so it'll be like still a party atmosphere, but it'll be very secluded, it'll be very exclusive, because at 35% capacity, that's not a lot of people that are going to be in here, and you're spaced out, and so it's going to feel like a private event, and Maddie and I are literally going to be two of the first people in the world to come back and open up Las Vegas on the very first day that you can. And I've got a day bed, we're going to have bottle service, and we're going to fucking flex. (laughs) Like, that is, to me, I'm a big four, right? The Enneagram thing, very individualistic. And for me to be able to say, we're literally going to be two of the first people back through the doors, and we're going to get there as soon as the doors open, and soak up every minute of it, and chill poolside, because it's going to be warm out in Vegas, and we're going to chill while this is the very first day that you could do it. Like, that is so sick to me. And I cannot wait. And it's just fitting. I mean, I, I mean, who else to kind of usher in a post-COVID world in Las Vegas than your boy? Okay, I'm a fucking pro at this. And so I'm, I'm ready to take on that challenge and set things off on a good tone, you know? Let's, like, let's set the tone. <laughs> but I'm really, really excited about that. And... um that's going to be later in the week. And here's what's also sick. So the the doors open for that at 11 a.m. And Kygo this weekend is going to be doing three different performances from the top of the Norwegian Alps. He's from Norway. And he's going to be doing three live streams of shows that he's performing on literally a mountaintop with a piano. This dude's a fucking G, man. And there's one on, there's like three of them throughout the weekend. And it just so happens that the one for Europe and Asia is going off at like 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So we're going to wake up that morning, get a good base meal in, Friday morning, right? Get a good base meal, pop some Nexium, make sure we don't have any heartburn issues, right? All the little things that go into a perfect day like this. You just got to do them for the love of the game. And then at 10, we're going to pregame watching Kygo from the top of the Norwegian Alps in our room. And then go down and be at the very first, I'm calling it a pool party. It's not going to be a typical pool party, but it's the very first day that you can be 
at a pool outdoors in Las Vegas. March 5th is when they're reopening in this rollout, and we're going to be there. And I don't know what we're going to do that night. I know we'll be there for all of the day, and I don't know how we can top it to keep it going. I don't know. Maybe just go to the casino and just and just drink and, and gamble and have a night there. But uh, that's going to be one of the days. Um, also Red Rocks is like an hour outside of the Las Vegas Strip and so we had to rent a car in order to go out there we're going to get up real early on uh, the first full day that we're there Tuesday we'll fly in on Monday and then we'll be there until Saturday right but Tuesday is going to be the first full day that we're there and um, we're going to go and and do a hiking day, and I'm really, really excited about that. The pictures that I've seen of Red Rocks that are there are sick, and we had to rent a car because it was way too expensive to try and Uber that, right? I would know. Um, so we rented a Tesla, and uh, I'm going to drive a Tesla to and from Red Rocks, and we literally picked up, it's like kind of like Airbnb for cars. You can rent somebody's car and they're going to come and drop it off to us. We'll have it for a day. So they'll come and drop it off at 5 p.m. on Monday. I'll take it. We're going to go to a nice dinner. It's called Capo's. It's an Italian restaurant, and it's this really old speakeasy in old Vegas. I took all 12 of us there last time when we had a bachelor party, and it was sick. Everybody loved it. So going to go back there, have a nice Italian dinner on Monday night, take the Tesla, and then the next morning we're going to wake up, and I'm going to drive the Tesla through the desert, and we're going to go out to Red Rocks, and then I have to have it back by five on Tuesday, but I'm like, cool, dude, that's sick. So like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about those videos that you see on social media where it's like a slow motion pan out and you see the guy and the girl and the Tesla monitor and all this open road and the desert. And it's just really scenic. Like I'm literally going to be living that in less than a week and I'm really excited for it. And then, um, we're going to do some museum days, the mom museums out there, do a couple other museums. There's a Banksy museum. I'm not even that big into art, but I know the significance and the the um, kind of the relevance of Banksy. And I, I don't know. We might go do that. There's a couple other ones that we want to go see. And um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. And then obviously, opening back up Vegas and being one of the very first people to do that. I'm just like that is so sick to me. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I went. Totally on a tangent, but I just want to let you know kind of like how the show is going to go the next couple of days. I'm just I'm just excited, man. I'm really excited. And um, so, yeah, next week I'll have Uber Stories Part 25 for you. And then the following week we'll do a recap of Vegas, the Vegas trip. And then after that, um, Uber Stories Part 26 and we're, we're going as normal. But um and there's actually, um, later on in this episode, there are going to be a couple of things that I do want to get to. Um, I need to say farewell to somebody that I lost that um, is a friend of mine. And I recently experienced losing a friend and, and watching someone that is younger than me pass away. And so I want to give him a proper farewell. And also, I've got a, I've got a bit about feedback that I want to get to. Something that's been bugging me a little bit that I need to kind of like, I, I just want to kind of like explore for a second and just kind of air my thoughts out and and just kind of <laughs> just go unscripted you know how those go <laughs> tend to be long-winded but they always tend to be worth it so um yeah some bit on some feedback which is actually why we came into um that song feedback by kanye very yeezus vibes and and i don't know if i love that or hate that but i do like that song and so that's the one kind of like yeezusy vibe that i'm willing to tolerate um 
And then at the very end of this, I also have to say goodbye, and I want to say some words and remember a buddy of mine that I just lost this week, one of the closest people that I, I, I've lost. You know, I've been really lucky. I've experienced death, but I haven't really experienced death to anybody that I really, really feel close with. And this is a friend of mine and a brother to me in many ways, and we lost him this week, and, and I want to say a few words about him kind of um, at the end of this episode. Um, and also, I just uh, I forgot to mention this when I was just talking about the music there for a second, but um, I have been going and creating all of these different playlists on Apple Music, and so it's not only now the show music that I use and add to the Real Talk with Ben Tompkins playlist on Apple Music and on Spotify, but now I have created playlists, and not only that, but like built them like set lists for different types of music. So I have my um, We Chillin' playlist, which is all R&B, smooth R&B. It's really, really good. I also have the Uber Bangers, which is always EDM. I have Sunday Service, which is what I play on Sundays. It's my soul playlist. I have my San Junipero playlist, which is all 80s bops. And I can't wait to unveil that and do like an 80s theme day in the in the Uber. Um, I have a playlist called Sail Out, which are just like, it's a collection of Dave Matthews Band, John Mayer, Jack Johnson, Nora Jones, Natasha Bedingfield, Sarah Bareilles, like a lot of artists like that. And Sail Out's just, it's a vibe. Sail Out's a vibe, you know? It's just peace. And that's really what I feel when I listen to Crash by Dave Matthews Band or Gravity by John Mayer. I just feel at peace, you know? So those are really mellow. Those are super chill. Another Day in the Trenches is my rap playlist. It's what I listen to in the gym a lot. Middle School Me, that's punk rock. It's I've got bangers. You guys didn't even know probably that I have all of these different like um, sides to me, like a punk rock side and a country side. Y'all know I'm from Kentucky, right? And if you know me, you knew that I grew up out on farms hanging with my... I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't live on a farm, but I had friends who did, and I would go out and visit them and spend a lot of time out there in middle school, and we would just hang out, and I've had a lot of country friends, you know, and being from Kentucky, I like a good country song every now and then, and I've always kept a good country playlist, and this thing's got some bops on it, like, I don't miss, guys, I'm telling you, okay, so go and check them out, I've also started to build some playlists from some of the festivals that I've been to, if you are somebody that's new to EDM or Tropical House dance music, listen to Eurotrip 15, it is a playlist that I started creating when I was on my solo trip in Europe, and it's the playlist that I started to first experience EDM, Tropical House, dance music, and find and discover these songs and these sounds that I had never had before, never heard before. And I was like, what is this? This makes me feel really good. I want to get up and dance. I like this music. And it just, I mean, I went down a wormhole um, and continued to build through it as I continued on throughout the summer and kind of on the journey that I was on that summer and that's really the playlist that that got me started and and jump started this entire music festival lifestyle for me and I look back on that and, and that I mean as as corny and as stupid as this sounds that playlist changed my life absolutely it, that playlist defined um kind of the second half of my story I guess in my 20s and uh 
I, 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 the songs on there, I mean, it just, you know, when you listen to a playlist and you, you just remember where you were when you were listening to it, that, that for me is, is, is that a, a really big part of my life and my time. And, um, yeah, it's really good. Euro Trip 15, uh, Hangout 19, Coachella 19, Lala 18. I've just, I've been spending a lot of time making these playlists, but it's great because it's a whole component of the show. When I'm driving around with people, I'm playing music the whole time. And people ask me, well, people see because of the screens that I have in the back, the monitors, what's playing. But people really always, I mean, I, I get a lot of feedback, positive feedback that people are like, I really like this song or I like this music or dude, I got to download this song later. And I'm like, hey, I have a playlist that you would like. And then I share it with people. And so when I and and when I reference, yeah, I was driving around on Sunday. I threw on the Sunday service playlist. Like, if you're curious to know what I'm listening with with my riders, what we're listening with as we go along on these trips, now you don't have to wonder. Now you can listen to what we listen to in the car. And Spotify people, I am sorry, it's taking me a little bit longer to um, make these playlists on Spotify because they take a while. And I'm I use Apple Music first and foremost. And so that's where all of these playlists exist currently. Uh, I am going to get those up on Spotify, if not by the time that this episode drops, within the next coming days, because I want you guys to be able to listen to it and then go and check those out. Um, so I'm, I'm working to get those set up for you guys, uh, but they're on Apple Music, so go and download them. And if you just type in BennyTomp18, okay, just like I'm at on Twitter and TikTok and, and Instagram, then you'll see my profile come up and you can go and look at all of my playlists that I've created and uh, you should adopt them immediately into your library. They're that good, okay? They're that good. Now, I'm biased, but um, hey, man, I check them out and, and tell me I'm lying. Am I lying, kid? No. So I'll get to all of that at the back end. And I do have a story. So what happened was I was going to come in. That was the plan. We'll do a snow days, right? Well, I end up driving on Monday. And, you know, I woke up this week like we're going to set some PRs this week. We're going to set some PRs this week. This is going to be a great week because this is the last week of February and I've, I've talked about theming my weeks in the gym, in the trenches is, is what I, and I have just, I have to adopt this, this mentality because every day you get up and you're at war, every day you get up and you're fighting a battle, whatever that battle is, you know what it is in your heart and every single person that gets up is fighting a battle that we might not ever understand or ever fully appreciate, but just know that everybody everybody is fighting something, okay? And it's another day in the trenches. Every day those fucking feet hit the bed, dude. It's another day to get up and go to war. You're a soldier. And you soldier on for whatever reason that motivates you. I got kids. I got a family. I got student loan debt. I got a, a sick mother in the hospital that I'm that the bills are piling up for. Like I, I'm trying to get out of the situation that I'm in, right? We all have those things that are driving us. And so when you get up in the morning, it's important to just have that mentality. I need that. I need that. Absolutely. Because I'm doing this all on my own, right? And I'm sure that there's times where you feel that you're doing whatever you're doing all on your own and you don't have people who really can understand it from the level that you can, you know? Um, 
that's that's really normal. That's really normal. And so it's like every morning I wake up and I think that, you know, here we go again. Another day in the trenches. Remember Kevin McAllister in Home Alone? He's like, another Christmas in the trenches. Like, that's a big mood. That's a big mood. All right. And so uh, I I need these little things to to get me through the weeks, to get me through the weeks and break up the monotony of being like, okay, wow, just another week. It's February. The weather sucks. I haven't seen the sun in uh, six days and it's just gray here in Louisville and it's really cold. And like that is a really boring and shitty story, right? Who wants to live that? Unfortunately, it's reality sometimes. And so instead of just saying, well, I'm just going to try to get through another day, you know, I theme my weeks. And that might sound stupid to you, but whatever. It, it, it works for me, okay? And so I've been theming these weeks, and I've been doing this for a while. But um, for whatever reason, I just said, okay, first week of February, just the way that it lined up with the numbers, it's like first to the seventh is a week. And then the eighth to the 14th is the second week and so on and so forth until we get to the end of the month, essentially. And it's 28 days. And I just broke those into quarters. So I was like, okay, first week, first quarter, second week, second quarter. And once I get done with that second week, it's halftime. I'm going to use this that weekend to reset and I'm going to hit the ground running in the second half and I'm going to finish this month strong. And I am. And, um, that's how I'm getting through February. That's how I'm getting through some of these tough months where I do get depressed or I do want to get a little bit lazy. Like who doesn't? Okay. Who doesn't wake up sometimes and just be like, man, I'm really just not feeling this. It could be your dream job. You could be in your dream situation and scenario and it doesn't matter. I mean, we all wake up and have that, I got to go to work today feeling right. That's, that's normal. And Doing that helps me get through these weeks, and it helps me get down through another month, and it helps me stay consistent in the gym and with my eating because I'm trying to reach certain goals with those things, okay? And so when I wake up and I go to the gym and I'm like, all right, fourth quarter, and I'm just kind of progressively overloading each week. So each week, you know, what I started with on the first week, I do either more weight or more sets or more reps, and it's like that for me in the gym, and it's like that for me in life, in, in whatever else that I'm doing. It's like, start small, okay, now let's work on incremental successes and incremental victories, and now by the time the month is ending, look how far we've come. And it doesn't, that's, that's the way that success works, honestly, and progress works, is that the day-to-day stuff, those decisions, that, that's, that's where the wars are lost, in those little battles in the trenches, okay? And each decision that you make is either bringing you closer or further away from your ultimate goals, whatever they are. And when you get to the end of the month or three months or whatever amount of time that you've set for yourself to try and reach your goal or whatever amount of time that you've set for yourself to kind of reflect on the past period of time and say, okay, now how are we doing? How are we tracking? And just kind of reanalyze things, right? Well, at the end, you're going to look back and all of those little decisions, either good or bad, are going to have taken effect. And you'll go, wow, look how far I've come. Or, wow, I I need, I really kind of like, uh, screwed around there for a little bit and now I need to go a little bit harder this next week or this next month or this next three months or whatever. 
But um, that's that's how it is. It's like you get so bogged down in the day-to-day shit that eventually you'll pick your head up. And if you're doing the work, if you're taking the steps to get closer to your ultimate goals, then you're going to pick your head up at some point and be like, wow, look at that. Look how far we've come, you know? That's how it is. That's how it works. And after four weeks, you look back and you're like, damn, dude, I've been grinding, right? But if you just put your head down and you do it and, and you're just in it, uh, it, it's it's kind of hard to see that um, and keep that big picture perspective on things. But um, it's important. It's important to know that. It's important to be mindful of that. And so I'm getting to the end of the month, and we're in the fourth quarter, and it's been going well. And I said this week was going to be a week that I'm setting PRs because now I've been building on top of each week over the last three weeks. And so I'm like, dude, I'm going for PRs this week. And I ended up hitting not only a couple PRs in the gym, but also it's not just the gym that I'm talking about. I'm talking about PRs in life, man. So I'm trying to get PRs in listeners. I'm trying to get PRs in shares. I just hit a PR on TikTok, right? You guys know that I'm on TikTok at BennyTomp18 and I just opened up the app and so that was that little thing right there. But I put out a video about this PR that I'm about to tell you about and it hit a PR on TikTok. 1,207 views, and the most that I had gotten to that point was 600, so I doubled my previous views. I'm getting a little better at TikTok, okay? And I think people are starting to, I'm, I'm getting new followers, I'm getting new likes, and TikTok is a place that I'm using for um, very, uh, it's content that's exclusive to TikTok that I'm really not trying to put anywhere else. And of course, at the beginning, I kind of have shared a couple of videos onto Twitter or uh, really Instagram just to let people know and remind people, hey, I've got a TikTok. If you're on TikTok, connect with me there. But TikTok is where I'm going to be doing a lot of rider stuff and a lot of in-between-the-ride stuff and teasing stories, releasing audiograms, and it's all exclusive to TikTok, and it will be here uh, as, as I continue to do it. But I just hit a PR in that. And the PR that I hit was about a PR that I gave in duration and distance. Because like I said, right, I'm coming into this week, I got nothing, and then I drive on Monday. And I only did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight rides on Monday, okay? But one of those rides was the longest trip that I've ever completed in time, in mileage, and it was, <laughs> I went from Louisville, South End Louisville, to Cincinnati. And actually, it was even past Cincinnati because here's the story. I mean, this is really, I got, I got a couple other ones, but this is what we're doing. I pick up some guy and I see that this is like, it says 104 miles north. So I'm like, whoa, this is a long one. And I really was thinking, should I take it or should I cancel Do I really want to do that? But I was just like, you know what? No, it's all for the story. It's all for the content. Yeah, do I want to drive all the way up there? No, not really. But do I want to have that experience and be able to come on and and be like, damn, I gave a ride all the way to Cincinnati? Because people will ask me too, like, what's the farthest you've ever been taken? And up until that point, it was from downtown Louisville to like Shepherdsville and Fort Knox and that's kind of where my 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 previous PR was, right? But now I've got somebody that's taken me all the way up to Cincinnati. And not only Cincinnati, we got up to Cincinnati. 
and he had given me the name of a road, and my man was of Hispanic descent, and so he barely spoke any English, okay? And so we basically just, he sat in the front seat, not supposed to do that, but I was like, you know what, whatever. Um, <laughs> we drive all the way up to Cincinnati, and we really didn't talk that much because of the language barrier. And I was like, you speak English? And he was like, ah, uh, a little bit, you know? And I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, you care if I turn the music up? And he was like, no. So I turned the music up a little louder than I normally keep it, and we just rode all the way up to Cincinnati, just chilling. And it was uh, it was fun. I mean, it was a long ride, you know, and it was a fat ride in terms of money. I mean, it was the most I've ever earned on a money. There we go. Another PR. I didn't even think about that one. The most I've ever earned on a single ride. And we get up there and the road that he had put in actually wasn't the right road that we were supposed to be going to. And so without saying the name of the road, I'm just going to call it I'm just going to call it uh, Main Street, okay? We get to Main Street over in Cincinnati, but it's the wrong Main Street. It's the wrong city. He actually needed to go to Loveland, Ohio, which is about 25 to 30 miles north of Cincinnati. So now I get up there, and not only did we just drive, you know, south into Louisville all the way up to Cincinnati, so probably, what, like an hour 10 we're looking at, right? Hour 15. Now we still have another 25 to 30 minutes to go until we get to the right destination. And we pulled up and I was looking for this address and I was like, okay, that's that's like um, close to the address, but that's not the address, but I'm not seeing anything. And then there's like a little bridge that uh, separates like these set of little apartments and housing right on this this kind of busy street. And then on the other side of it is numbers that are vastly different from, from over here. So I drive up, I turn around, I come back, I'm looking for this thing, I'm looking at him, I'm going, are you sure? Like, do you know, you know, can, can you have him? We call his brother. His brother was actually the one that had called him the ride, okay? And I'm like, hey man, I'm just having some trouble finding it. You know, can you can you look on the app? Are you sure that the the, the the address is right? Could you maybe update the address and see if that helps? So we tried to update it and it didn't work. It still sent us to the same place. And then all of a sudden he goes, Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, dude, you're 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 down in Cincinnati. Um, we're actually in Loveland. And so he puts the address and he updates the address, and I see that it's gonna be even further north. Now I'm thinking, great, we have a much longer part of this trip, and um, I, you know, what am I gonna do, you know? But it's like for me, I the guy was like apologizing to me. I'm like, dude, I, you're cool. This is cool. Like I got nowhere else to be. You know what I mean? Like, and now especially, you know, I'm working, so I'd be driving anyways. And now that we're all the way up here you know, what am I going to do? So what's 25? I'm not going to trip out about that. Some people might, some people might see that and get upset and want to just drop the person off and leave them stranded on the side of the road because they want to get back down and they're mad that a, a trip took them that far out of their zone. But I'm like, dude, it's all for the story, man. I don't give a shit. So let's do it. If it drives content, I'm all about it. So we drive up there and his brother gets there and he pulls up and he tipped me 20 bucks cash and I was like cool but yeah we we really didn't I, I wish that I would have had like um uh, you know this big long conversation with the guy and because it probably would have been pretty deep I mean given that much time we would have gone pretty deep and it probably would have been pretty insightful but 
there was a language barrier. He didn't speak a lot of English. His English wasn't that good. So nothing I could do. But all in all, that trip was two hours and 20 minutes in duration and 129.4 miles. And I earned $134.50 on the trip. So it was fat. It was fat. Two hours and 20 minutes I was with that guy, dude. And now I'm up in Cincinnati, right? Well, now I'm actually north of Cincinnati. And I'm like, well, great. Now I'm going to stay up here and I'm going to do Uber Story Cincinnati. Because this is something that is going to become a part of the show that I, I incorporate moving forward. Like my long-term vision for this show, I've talked to some of you, I've, 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 met, I've talked about this before on the show, but for new listeners, welcome guys, how you doing? Good to have you in. And uh, if you just connected with me through Uber and I gave you a ride and gave you a card, what's good? Now you're seeing the other component of this and now you really get a good feel for this. So it was a pleasure to meet your acquaintance and I hope that you'll continue to ride with me and listen to these stories and um, just know that I'll never out you, you know, just know that it's all anonymous. So we're good. But um, my long-term vision for the show is to eventually do different seasons in different cities. So Uber Stories Chicago, Uber Stories Nashville, Uber Stories Miami, Las Vegas. And uh, I, I, I absolutely want to do that. And when my girlfriend leaves to go take her job that she's going to be working out at the Grand Canyon from like the end of March to the end of October, all of that time that we would usually spend and set aside on the weekends or weeknights, it's going to open me up to be able to go and stay in Nashville for a weekend, crash on a buddy's place and work all weekend long and get Uber Stories Nashville. And I'm going to be doing that in the spring and the summer. I'm going to do Uber Stories Nashville and I'm going to spend a weekend up in Indianapolis and I'm going to do Uber Stories Indy and I'll probably do more Uber Stories Cincinnati. And I'll just start to expand slowly, not only in reach and my audience because you know, I, I go up there to Northern Kentucky. I meet eight, you know, well, I meet five people. I did five rides while I was up there. Three were before I took the long Cincy trip. But I got three people that I handed out the cards to that were genuinely interested in the show. And were like, yeah, dude, I'll listen. One of the guys that I picked up, uh, he had just got off work. He was a waiter. And he was really into it. And I was telling him the story about the meth heads from a couple weeks ago. And he was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, yeah, it's, it, it gets crazy sometimes. I'm basically like a free therapist. And um, I also incur a lot of crazy shit that goes on. So it's it's fun. It, it keeps me on my toes, you know. And he was into it. And I, I hope that he's back listening this week because I gave him a card. But as I continue to grow the show and expand like that through different cities, that's that's it's 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 incremental progresses like that that eventually you know when I get down like two years down the road I'm gonna look back and all the little things that I was doing like that are going to have paid off and they will start to accumulate and just snowball into what I hope is momentum for this show moving forward and becoming something that that takes off and really blows up because absolutely it has the potential to do it and I'm the guy to do it and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it. And I've had some doubt recently, like people doubting me, and I'll get to some of that and, and some feedback that I received that wasn't overwhelmingly positive, but, and, and I have a few thoughts on it, and I'll address it here at the very end of this episode, as well as uh, my, my goodbye to a friend, but um, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself there. It's, it's something that I want to do, jumping back to Uber Story Cincinnati, right? I was up there, 
And so I just decided, hey, I'm going to do a few trips and this is a proof of concept moment for me. So it was amazing that I got a trip that took me all the way up to Cincinnati and no, I wasn't mad about it because now I'm able to do this little proof of concept that night. And I don't know why I thought this. I, I think I read this somewhere on the internet and it doesn't even make sense that I would have believed it now thinking about people who literally drive into high traffic cities to drive for the night and then drive back home wherever they live. Um, people did that in the Bay Area. People do that from different places in Louisville. If they if they live or in Indiana, they'll drive into Louisville and drive for Uber. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand why I, I thought that that wasn't something that I could do because it absolutely was. And so, uh, being up in Cincinnati, you know, I turned the app off after I dropped my man off and took a little break. I hadn't eaten all day, so I, I went to grab a couple snacks and take a little break and stretch out because your body gets stiff sitting around all, all that time, you know? And I turned the app back on and did five more rides while I was up there. And I was like, okay, I've always had this question about. Could I take this and go do Lexington for a night? Could I go do Bowling Green for a night where college kids are kind of getting back into the swing of things? Could I go get some little G's in the car and make an interesting or funny episode out of that? Absolutely, I could. Could I go to Nashville or could I go to Indy and do this? Absolutely, I could. And being up in Cincinnati last night proved that to me that I don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a certain geographical location. I can drive wherever I want to go, turn on the app and take rides. So I had had a question about that. I thought previously I was wrong and yesterday brought that home to me and was a really good kind of test or barometer, if you will, for my long-term vision of this show and this podcast, which ultimately is going to be growing and expanding into different cities and being there for a year and bringing you the Uber stories of that city. And I, I could also see it being a thing. I want to do that. I, I want to, I really want to do that. And because I'll get to travel and I'll go to different cities and um, it'd be cool to go go to Boston during the summer, you know, when it's not snowy and stuff and the weather's good. Go to Seattle, go to Dallas and go do that in all those big cities. And I think that would be really, really cool. And I think that that's something that absolutely I can take the show because of the way that I've structured it and I'm building it out is that it can absolutely make that leap when I'm ready to. Um, but for now, I'm just trying to go regionally. And so you grow where you're planted. Um, Uber Story Charlotte, you know what I mean? Like there's, those are things that I can absolutely do. And if I really want to drive all the way up to Chicago and spend maybe like four or five days there, I could do that. I could do that. Now I'll, I'll have to like pay to put myself up or try and stay with a friend who's going to let me crash on their couch for a few days. But you know what? I'm willing to do that. And literally, that's what entrepreneurship is. That is what it is, is sleeping on a couch in somebody's office or somebody's home because you you just, you have to. I mean, go read about Damon John and the way that he lived while he was launching FUBU. It's just what you have to do. And this is my baby. And people try to give me feedback and they think that they're helping. And if they don't listen to the show, then why am I going to listen to that? Because they have no idea what's going on and they have no idea what I'm selling here. They, I mean, they don't. They're, it, they're, it's coming from an uninformed place. And I guess I'm dipping into that feedback thing now. But... um. 
I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll come back to this. I, I want to save this thought. See how crazy it can get when I don't actually have a script that I'm working off of and I'm just kind of going off of general bullet points. I'm kind of all over the place sometimes, but uh, I might lose my train of thought every once in a while, but eventually it comes back to me and I can hone it in. And so, yeah, we're just, we're just, we're just running with it today. But, um, no, it was really good. Uber Story Cincinnati. That's and and so it's uh I feel good about that. I feel good about that. And it was really cool. It was really cool to just if I ever had any question, I mean, I have no doubt. That's the thing is like I've traveled to enough places internationally, uh within the country, within the state that I live in, within other states that I've lived in. I have been enough places to know that I'm the same dude everywhere that I go and people are either going to love that or they're going to hate that. And I don't have to change anything about what I'm doing in the show if I decide to go outside of Louisville and take it up to Cincinnati or take it down to Nashville or Miami or wherever. It's the same thing because I'm the same guy and that's just how it is. Like it's just that that's that's what it is. And I love that. Like that's a really cool thing. And so it allows me that flexibility to take this concept and once I've kind of perfected it here and, and have um, grown where I'm planting myself and manifesting these things, then I'll be able to take it out to different cities. And and eventually, I hope that it becomes what I have in my mind as the potential that this thing has to become. Um, I, I just, I, I just, I, I'm going to, I'm determined to take it there. I'm determined to take it there. And I know that I can do it. It's just a matter of, again, being consistent and winning those battles in the trenches, the day-to-day bullshit that wants to weigh you down and the people that want to weigh you down and try and get in your way and stop you. And sometimes it's blatant. You know that they don't fuck with you and yet they are there trying to throw you off your path. And sometimes it's a wolf dressed up in sheep's clothes. So it's somebody that appears to be helping, but yet they actually are not. And maybe they realize it, maybe they don't, but there's also people like that. And you just have to get good at sidestepping all that bullshit, not getting um, too frustrated or weighed down or bogged down emotionally by that. And it sucks. Like every once in a while, you run into that and it, it does weigh on you. It weighs on me, sure, absolutely. When I think about the dude that I am and what I'm doing here and think about people that just are fucking miserable and want to shit on somebody else's dream because they got nothing going on or they feel miserable for whatever reason and I have sympathy for that. I'm sorry that your life is tough. I'm sorry that you're in a position where you don't feel good about yourself but my sympathy begins and ends at that point where you then go out and it is your mission to try and suck people down to your level and try and bring people down to your level of bullshit or feeling bad about themselves or shitting on other people's stuff because you don't have anything going on on and that those type of people are toxic they're fucking toxic man and as you get older and you are better at realizing who these people are and how they dress themselves up and the lies that they tell that appear to be true it's like you'll you know what I'm talking about I know you know what I'm talking about and it just becomes this game but that's the that's that's literally what I'm talking about it's a war and you got to be in it for the long run and I am and these little things that happen day to day, these little battles within the trenches, that's where the wars are won. And so I encourage you to stay in those trenches and stay in your foxhole and squat up with the people that you are ready to go to war with, that you want to bring to war with you, because that's what life is. Life is a war. It really is. 
It really is. And it's important, and, and that's why these things are important. That's why I do what I do, you know, theming my weeks and little stuff like that. Because it, it again, it reminds me of, I have to do this. I have to get up and hustle. There's no person that's done what I'm doing. Literally nobody, no one. Okay, and so there's no route for me to take. It's all on my own. I'm on my own. Absolutely, I, I do everything on my own. Everything that I do for this show, besides my friend Lauren making me the awesome logo that she did, everything that I do is 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 me. And there's a lot that rides with that. That's a lot of pressure, you know. That's a lot of pressure. And when people tell you you suck, or when people say I don't like it, or I don't like that you cuss that much, it can it can hurt a little bit, you know. But I think the thing that I keep in mind. And the perspective that I have about it is just trying to qualify feedback. Is this something that can help me? Are they trying to help me? Are they trying to hinder me? Is this something that I should be mindful of and file away? Because I do believe that any feedback is good feedback. I believe that, right? Or or at least any feedback is good to get because then it maybe will address something that you might have a blind spot about or it, you can make little tweaks, okay? But if it's, if it's feedback from somebody that, like, imagine this. Here's the thing that I keep coming back to is why would I or anybody, if you're a business owner, why would you take and put a lot of weight or thought or pause or consideration into feedback from somebody that is not your customer, does not buy your product or service, is not speaking from a place of experience, user experience with your product or service, and on top of that, isn't even somebody that's in your target audience or demo that you're trying to reach. Why would you spend too much time thinking about that person? Why would you try and change what you're doing just to appease that one person that doesn't fall within your target audience and demo and that has probably never listened to a podcast in their life and out of everything that they listen to, their feedback is, he cusses too much, I don't like it. (laughs) I have been saying this from the very beginning. I have been saying this from the very beginning. Since allow me to introduce myself dropped, I have been saying, if you are offended by foul language, find another podcast. It is that simple. And I'm not offended by it. I don't care. That's because... I don't I, I think when businesses try and appease and appeal to everybody, really they're appealing to nobody. That does you no good. If you're trying to say, well, I don't really know who my customer is, but everybody would buy this or everybody would use this. So I'm gonna market it to everybody. That's how businesses fail. That is an awful marketing campaign. You have to be targeted and you have to be specific and you have to know certain details about the people that you're trying to sell on your product or service or get them to use it. And so if somebody does not fall into that group and probably is never going to be somebody that converts over to your group and isn't somebody that has ever used your product or service before and is not planning to become a customer, then why would you spend too much time thinking about what they have to say? It's good to hear what they have to say. Sure, yeah, listen to it. Because nothing bad is going to happen from just getting feedback. That's always a good thing, okay? That's the market telling you what they think, fine. But my point is, (laughs) 
I'm not going to focus too much and say one person that falls outside of these groups that doesn't listen to podcasts said this one thing and now I'm going to change my approach and try to appeal to everybody. That's dumb. That is so dumb. It just, that's, that's just like, that is the wrong thing to do in this case. There's certainly cases to be made, and I'm sure you could give me an example about, oh, well, you should listen to this, and you should put a lot of thought into it. You know what? I'm not going to lose sleep over it, because if somebody is offended by foul language, then I don't want them to be listening, because that's the thing, is I refuse to filter myself for anybody, anybody. Outside of the really, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to use hate speech, and I'm not going to use discriminatory speech against anybody, and when some of my writers use slurs, and not even necessarily in a racist way, but just, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm I'm downtown a lot, and people refer to me as um, words that I I can't repeat as a white guy, and that's cool, that's like a form of acceptance to me, right, but I cannot come on here and say those things or if somebody says something that is racist or homophobic or transphobic or ageist or whatever like I'm not going to come on and if it's if it's too bad I'm not going to repeat what they said that's the only thing that I'm going to filter but here's the thing is like this is real talk and if somebody listens to the show and they say well I don't like that there's cuss words okay well then you know what (laughs) If that's all that you hear, I was explaining this to somebody. There's there's two types of people. There's two types of people, okay? There are the people who listen to the show that really vibe with this and, and enjoy it and are entertained and do enjoy the content. And they hear the stories in between the swear words. And honestly... They don't even hear the swear words. They're just like, you're unaffected by them. It's just like another word because that's all that, that that's all that there is. I mean, that's all that they are, right? And it's just so natural, I think, for, for um, me to say them, not only, you know, just on my own, but when I'm speaking with writers, that's how they talk. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to filter myself and be like, well, this writer said the F word, but I'm not going to say it because I don't use foul language because I want to appease everybody and I want to appeal to everybody and I want to make sure that middle-aged moms are as comfortable listening to this as 25-year-old dudes and chicks or 30-somethings. Like, I don't care. I don't care, okay? And that's the point. That's the point is I don't want that. That's not my lane. That's not my lane. And so I'm not going to leave my lane to try and be something I'm not which is somebody that doesn't use foul language because I I definitely do. And when I talk to people, even people that you would think maybe they wouldn't like that, no one one cares. Maybe they walk away thinking, I got cusses a lot. But that doesn't change. Like if, if you're somebody that gets upset or doesn't like the delivery, then I don't like, I, I could give a shit less. Like that to me, that's irrelevant because it's about the content. It's about the content. If the content is good enough, people will come and it will take off. And it's going to happen. It's going to take a while. And I've literally am building this from the ground up. So I'm patient enough to see that this is going to be a war that I have to win over a number of years and maybe even decades. But I'm willing to do that. And I'm willing to do that in a way that doesn't compromise who I am and my values just because I get a little piece of feedback that says, maybe you shouldn't cuss as much might open it up to more people. I don't I'm not trying to be open to everybody. 
I, I mean, I, I like I want to, sure. Yeah, I want anybody to be able to come and, and sit and listen to this. But if somebody wants to sit there and complain, like I, I've said this before, is like when you're in an argument with somebody, have you ever been in an argument with somebody and you're making very good points, but you might say one swear word and then they just shut down, they just turn off and they're like, well, I'm not going to listen to this anymore because I'm not going to be cussed at or whatever. And it's like, you know what? You were looking for an excuse to tune me out. You were looking for an excuse because you didn't like what I was saying. You didn't like the content. And so you find fault in my delivery. And that's such a cop out to me. So what I'm saying is there's there's two types of people that listen to this. And if you're listening to this and you've been listening to this for a while, then the swear words don't offend you and, and, and affect you. And they shouldn't because it's just like another word, you know? Um, and you guys hear the stories and the cuss words are just, they, they just blend in. It's just like, whatever, you know, this is his style. But then there's other people that hear not the stories, they hear the cuss words in between the stories. You guys hear the content in between the cuss words. Other people hear the cuss words in between the content and say, uh, not for me. And that's cool, dude. That is so totally cool. Like if, if you don't enjoy listening to that, that's fine, man. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You know, keep it real with me. Fine. I would rather hone in on the people that aren't bothered by it and don't get on a moral high ground and act offended or outraged or like they haven't heard the words or used the words. And I'd rather focus in on those people and just tell myself, and no, and no. And if you doubt it, you need to know that the bottom line is if the content is good enough, people will come. If I build it, people will come. And the last seven, eight months have been a testament to that because I'm growing. I continue to grow. And it's only going to continue to happen more and more and more as I continue to expand and build upon this. And it's just, it's frustrating having to explain it sometimes because it's like, <laughs> it's like I have this vision of how it's how it's like kind of like big broad strokes and then I'm filling in the little strokes and perfecting it as I go along and the specifics of it. It'd be one thing if I just said, hey, this is where I'm going to hope to get, but then didn't have any kind of a strategic plan for actually taking it there and didn't weren't, wasn't setting any goals or like measurable objectives to tell me whether I'm coming closer or further away from these goals that I have and these little baby steps in a one-year plan, in a five-year plan, in a 10-year plan. I have that. I have a vision. I know what I need to do, and I know when I need to fade somebody's opinion because it really isn't that good or qualified or critical enough of a feedback that makes me stop and go, you know what? You're right. I'm going to stop what I'm doing and listen to you because A, you listen to the podcast all the time and B, you listen to podcasts in general. Actually, wait a second. No, you don't do that. You don't do those things. And so why would I give you that much time or pause or thought or consideration about it? It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that. And again, I, I just think businesses that try and be everything to every, like you have to know your audience. You have to know, and my audience, the people who are tuning into this, you listening right now, swear words don't 
affect you like that's and and so it's like that's what's so frustrating and I guess I've always ran into this just just being the person that I am is people that think that people that use foul language are bad people or they don't want to be around them I'm like okay fine but you're a hypocrite you're a hypocrite and so I don't give a shit about you I don't there's an old Italian saying you're dead to me you know what are you to me if that's you, I, I like I, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. And I'm not gonna trip out about it. You know? I'm gonna say my piece about it here, and then I'm gonna move on and never think about you again. And that's not to say that if if at some point, no, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm I'm never gonna change. I'm never gonna change that about this show. Ever. Ever, ever. Even if there's a fire. I'm never going to change that part of the show because it wouldn't be authentic to me and it would be a cop-out. And you know what? Here's the thing is, somebody like that that makes a comment like that, I guarantee even if I did that, I wouldn't gain them as a, a listener. I wouldn't gain them as a follower. If you change and you cater to every piece of feedback that you get as a business owner, and again, I, I tie this back into, I, I'm running a business. I am, I am, this is like a, this is like a startup. A long time ago, I read this book, The Startup of You. It was written by Reed Hoffman and somebody else that had founded LinkedIn and it was called The Startup of You. And I think in, in today's day and age, um, business people, you have to think about yourself as a startup. All of the things that you do, networking yourself and building up your irrelevant experience and you're a startup and treat yourself as such. You're a business. And if you own your own business, like this is my own business, essentially. I don't own Uber, but I own my car, and I own this show, and I own the equipment with which I do this show, and I, I, I absolutely own 100% of that. And so I'm launching this thing, right? And it, it's, it's new and emerging media, and, and it is like a startup. And so I tie it into business stuff because... That's how you have to be. I, I don't necessarily see myself as, as like a, a small business owner in terms of like, like a mom and pop shop or a restaurant or something like that. All these, all these businesses that I watch on The Profit with Marcus Lemonis, those are small businesses, right? This is a little bit different, but all of the same principles still apply. If any one of those businesses or you, if you're listening and you own a business or um, how about this? I, I recently had two riders in the car, and they were the How We Met story, and one of them owns a barbershop, and so if she got feedback from somebody that was not her customer, that probably wasn't ever going to be her customer and convert to be her customer, even if they took and adopted the feedback that that potential outsider gave them, how much time would you really spend thinking about what they had to say about your business. Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot. It might make you stop and go, okay, that, that, okay, cool. I'm going to file this away. If this continues to come up and if this becomes a recurring theme and more people who do use the product or the service or do come here to get my hair cut are making the same suggestions, then I'm really going to have to take this into account. And maybe I, I start to develop a plan to make that pivot, whatever it is. But if somebody that doesn't use your product or your service and probably doesn't plan on it 
and doesn't use any kind of a product or service like that, makes a comment about your business, are you really going to change it just for that one person? Are you really going to change what you're doing and leave your already dedicated group of customers or followers or listeners or readers or, or, or whatever to then try and appease everybody? No. Because in the process of doing that, you then alienate the people that do ride with you, that do come to you, that are your loyal customers because of the person that you are and the business that you run and the services or the products that you offer. Like That's why those, those people come to you because they do and they, that is a genuine market feedback that, that you should take as critical and, and listen to those people because they, they have a direct impact on your business, right? Because they're paying customers. And in this case, it'd be, it'd be listeners who were coming back and, and giving me the numbers that I need in order to sell to different sponsors and, and different things like that. But it all ties in. It's, 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 it's essentially the same thing. It just, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. And I'm getting <laughs> pressure from the person who connected me with this other person that gave me this feedback. And I'm, I'm just like, okay, so... Wait a second. Do you listen? Do you even when's the last time you listened to an episode? Ever? No? Okay. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Okay. So their one comment is, "Wow, he sounds really charismatic and sounds like a, he's got it all going on." Um, you know, I would think about maybe not using foul language because it might turn some people off and um then, you know, this person that's heard a two-minute clip of the show that heard maybe, maybe me say fuck one time, that's the only thing that they have, that's the only feedback they have, and then passes it along to somebody that doesn't listen to the show and is trying to tell me about how I should do the show, why would I give it that much thought? And I know, like, it's ironic because I've just spent, like, 20 or 30 minutes on this, but I just... It, it, it's frustrating to me. And after today, I'm going to move on and I'm going to not think about it. And that'll be the end of that. But I just, I, I, need, to, I need to work this out because it, it, it is, it's frustrating to me. It's really frustrating to me. And I'm sure if, <laughs> you know, it's like if you were a writer and um, you were writing a weekly column and somebody that wasn't a reader of your column was trying to give you advice about how you could do your column and, and something that you should change about your column. It's like, why would I listen to you? You know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a little time to to like hear what you're saying. Like, I'll, I'll hear you out, but why would I actually take that and change everything that I'm doing for somebody that doesn't even read my column at all? You just wouldn't do it. You just wouldn't do it. And look no further. <laughs> Look no further than people like Howard Stern. Howard Stern was not for everybody. And I am not saying that I'm Howard Stern whatsoever. And I am not even in his stratosphere. So don't think that I'm having some grandiose thought of me being at that level. I'm not. I, I, I got so far to go. I am staring up at the mountain in which he sits. But Howard Stern was revolutionary. And I am sure there are people that told Howard Stern... You're crazy if you think you're going to be able to do this show. You're crazy if you think you're going to be able to get sponsors. You're crazy if you think that people are going to be okay with this. And Howard Stern 
is heralded as one of the greatest pioneers that radio has ever seen in radio history and in media history. And it, it, it works like that because at the beginning, when it's something that's original and it's something that's different or new or doesn't fit the mold that society wants to try and make everybody fit into and jam down our fucking throats, for the outsiders, everybody tries to tell you how, oh, you should do it like this because this is how it's done and this, you should, you know, oh, look at them and... And it's like, but whatever happened to originality? Whatever happened to individualism? You know? Like, why are we going so far away from that? That's what we celebrate when those people make it to those points. But when they're trying to make it there and and when they're in between, I want it and I got it, people tell them, oh, you're crazy. That'll never work. You should do it like this. You should change this. (laughs) <laughs> and then they get to where they're going and everyone's like, I always knew you could do it, you know, or or they say, well, whatever, like anybody could have done that or and it's like, no, no, no. And I if I, and if I would have listened to people like you, I wouldn't have gotten here. OK, um, look at Barstool Sports. I am not a stoolie. I will say that right now. I sometimes will listen to Pardon My Take. I'm not a huge every day or every week or sometimes I go months. I'll listen to Pardon My Take every once in a while if I am out of all of my other podcasts. And I think it's it's not because I don't like them. I think Big Cat's funny. PMT's funny. Uh, I did not grow up. It, they, they got big when I was in college and because of the way that um, <laughs> I was featured on Barstool, I kind of have this little bit of a negative feeling towards the site that I was, you know, infamous for. Okay, if that makes sense at all. I, I kind of just like I didn't pay attention to them after that. And not that I really was anyways, but that's like 2014. That's kind of, you know, they're they're starting to get big at that point. And because my face was plastered all over that site, um, I kind of had a little bit less of an inclination to go and check out all their content. I was just kind of like, I don't want to think about that because it's too painful for me. Okay, it's traumatizing. So I didn't grow up reading Barstool all the time or watching Dave and watching all the stuff that they do. And I couldn't even tell you outside of Big Cat, PMT, and Dave, I couldn't even tell you three other people. I, I know the Caller Daddy chicks and because of their divorce, right? And I know KFC Barstool because everyone always talks shit to that guy. But Barstool is a great example of one of these companies that knows their target audience and says, We don't care if you're offended. We don't care if you don't like what we have to say. We're going to say it because the people that do ride with us, that do love what we have to say, they really do. And that outweighs the people like you that try and tell us you should do it this way or it's never been done that way or do it differently. They know their lane and they stick to it. And you know what? The best kind of companies, they do do that. They do that. Okay, you can make a different argument for like apples of the world because everybody uses an iPhone. But I'm just like, everybody always has the example of of well, what about this and what about this and and there we go. I just talked to Sean Bowdy about what aboutism. Okay, what about that one example of the one thing that you could say right now to poke this through if you were on the show and you were like, well, what about? Yeah, okay, fine. There's probably that example that exists. Okay, that's not gonna come to me off the top of my head. But I could probably tell you, if presented with it, how it's different, or at least defend my original point here. 
which is that businesses that try and market to everybody fail. Your target market should not be everybody. That's way too wide. Find your niche. Find your niche. Find your people. Find your group. Find your audience. And then listen to what they have to say. And then listen to what they have to say. And so I'm not saying be oblivious to feedback, be numb to feedback, don't ever listen to people's feedback. But listen to the people that actually matter as customers or people that use your product or service. Qualify the feedback. How critical is it? Is it good feedback or is it just, you know, somebody's fucking two cents and who gives a fuck? Well, if it's the second one, then obviously you shouldn't, okay? Um, but yeah, those are two really great examples and there's so many more. And I was really trying to find a example of, because that's, that's literally a marketing campaign. We're not for everybody. And that's the selling point. And it's like, oh yeah, like I think it was a car company, maybe a Mercedes or somebody. I, I, I can't remember. Um, but that, it was like, yeah, that might have even been a fucking Apple commercial. I, I, I can't remember. But it's like, we're not for everybody. And the people that are like, whoa, they'll never sell anything with that attitude. It's like, okay, well, bye, bye, because <laughs> we're selling. Guess what? We're sold out because the people that we are for are really, really for us, and that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do, and you know, I, I, I tie it back to this is the feedback that I've received from this show, from people who do listen to podcasts, people that do know media people that listen to me speaking to them and say yo you're yeah that's you're really good i would i would listen to that and then become listeners like that feedback and the feedback from the people who listen week to week and say hey i really like this story or hey i really like the way that you set that up and that was funny and that was really insightful and that was really deep and thank you for being vulnerable and that was helpful that kind of feedback amazing and far outweighs any potential negative feedback of hey you should change this and just to show you guys that I'm not just trying to be somebody that that like like sometimes you see these businesses on the profit and it's somebody that will not get out of their own way and take anybody's advice or stop and and give it consideration and they're just like nope my way or the highway I'm 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 not trying to sound like that person if I get and when I get feedback from people, I take it into consideration. The five stories thing was not my idea. At the very beginning of this podcast, when I started doing the show in June, this show that we're doing now, I was doing every single story that I got in in the week between the episodes. And I was exhausting myself. I was spending two full days sometimes in the studio working on the content. And somebody told me, you know, what if you just did like the five best stories from the week? What if you just took the five best and then um, it was my idea to kind of start ending on a, on a positive note, on a good note, but the structure of the show actually came from advice from somebody who listened to every single episode and said, yeah, you know, I think it'd be stronger it would only be better, not that these other stories are bad or not that you're bad, but I, I just think it could be stronger. The content could be if you just took the five best stories and kind of kept it to, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half and see how that works for you. 
And you know what? That was amazing feedback. And I took it and I adopted it. And in weeks that I haven't had five snow days in a row and I have all the stories, that's exactly what I do. And I take the five best ones and boom, there's an Uber Stories episode right there. So I, I do take feedback into consideration. I, re- I really do. I really do. Because again, I'd be an idiot and I'd be a fool if I didn't. You have to listen to your audience and you have to listen to the people who are subscribing and who are listening or reading or buying or consuming your product or your service. But if somebody falls out of that group, then it doesn't like they like, cool, that's nice and all, but nice for what? Nice for what? And the feedback that I've got from those people, from from you guys, the comments on the Facebook page and on the reviews on Apple Podcasts, like all of that stuff. And 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 then even so, like going into the comments that people leave me on the Uber app, you know, reviewing my my service as a driver for them and my conversation for them. Those rise every week, guys. Those rise every week. And the feedback that I get, and when I do take the time to explain to somebody that does show a genuine interest in the show and my vision and, and everything like that, the people who are willing to take the time and, and listen to it and just like want to help or are supporting me or being positive and encouraging me and giving me feedback, good or bad, where they see fit. But like the people who are willing to take the time to do that, that feedback outweighs any of the potential negative that I've gotten. And so I just I just want to bring that back in and and, and say that for you and, and say that for me and remind myself of that is that the feedback that I've gotten far outweighs the negative. And I've spent a lot of time talking about this, but there's there's a reason for that that I'll get to in a second. But just final thought on this. Um, it's so funny to me when I hear somebody make a comment like that. <laughs> I'm so, I know, it sounds like I'm so hung up on this and I kind of am, I kind of am, you know what I mean? But like, I'll get over it, it's cool. But here's something that I'll never get over and never tire of pointing out is the hypocrisy of people that would say, he cusses a lot. I don't like it. Well, you know, it's funny what we excuse when we like somebody, and it's funny what we condemn what we don't. I've said that before. Because somebody that makes a comment like that, the person that I got this feedback from, probably watches something or listens to something or reads something that probably cusses a lot or deals with some themes that they might not be you know big cheerleaders for or be in support of but they probably watch the show still they probably listen to the episode still you know it's like people say Oh, I, I don't like swear I, I don't like foul language but they'll watch The Hangover or they'll watch a Will Ferrell movie where there's nudity and drugs or sex or foul language and mature themes and they'll be like oh that was great I love that movie oh I can't wait to talk about it at the next dinner club and how edgy we were by going to see that me and Bill <laughs> I always default to Bill Bill's just like a middle-aged white guy named for me I, you know but uh yeah that's uh that's 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 who I'm thinking about right there it's like but you know that's the same person that'll act offended by foul language later when when it suits them and the, and they don't like the person or or they or they they don't want to buy into something and they're like 
I don't really want to have to do this. So I'm just going to like cop out and say, oh, I don't like that. You know? Oh, but guess what? They're a fan of rock music or rap music or music that cusses, but it's okay then. Or they'll watch a show like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which is literally trash. Literally trash. But they'll be like, huh, no, I like this. This is okay. You know? And that's the thing. We excuse what we like. And we condemn what we don't. And I'm not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. And I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with that. I'm, I, I've been at peace with that. I've known that from the jump. I'm a polarizing person. And you know what? Honesty does that to people. When you tell the truth and you tell it like it is, that ruffles some feathers. And guess what? I'm a fucking bird hunter in the streets. I don't give a shit. Okay? I'm going to tell it how it is. And I'm going to keep it real. And I'm going to be authentic and true to myself. Because if I choose to compromise, and if I don't, then I will never amount to anything. I won't. Because it won't be me. I got to do it my way. That sounds really fucking hard-headed right there. I know. But you know what? Like, There also has to be that... It There, there also has to be that part of it, you know? Like... Like people like uh, Steve Jobs or Kanye, you know, said, you're crazy. You'll never do this. But call it whatever you want. Call it determination, self-determination. Call it maybe even like a naive believe in their self. And everybody else is like, this kid is going to pull off this thing. Look at, or, or look at, I, I've used a lot of male examples here. Look at somebody like Bethany Frankel, right, who founded Skinny Pop or... Lori Grenier, any of these people that you see on Shark Tank, fucking Oprah, dude. Like, these are moguls. These are business people that say, even if I get somebody that tells me I'm doing it wrong or they don't like it, I'm not going to worry about that. And I, some of me, I have to have that hard-headedness sometimes if I'm going to take this where I need to go because I believe in myself and I believe in my vision and I'm not going to let public opinion for better or worse, sway me from that belief. I'm not. And if I get down the road and I realize, hey, you know what? This wasn't it, chief. Then maybe that happens. And and um, I hope that I never have to reach the day in which I fold like that and say, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong all along. They were right. I'm. I will die before I get to that day and those words come out of my mouth. I swear to God. I swear to God, I will never, ever, ever. That that kind of shit's what is what drives me. That those are the those are the moments that I think about having to admit defeat and and admit that I was wrong and they were right and that their doubts were true and that I wasn't the one to do this or this was a dumb idea or that whatever the fuck. I <laughs> that's why I grind. To avoid that day and to stick it to those people and to prove them wrong because they're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And you're a hypocrite. Because I guarantee you watch or listen or read something that also has foul language. And I guarantee that behind closed doors or when you get mad, you use that foul language. You do. I bet you do. I bet you do. If you drop something on your toe, or if you get a flat tire on the side of the road, I bet you're not saying, gosh darn it to heck. 
<laughs> and if you tell me that you do, you're either very, very religious, you're a Mormon, or you're a liar. Okay? Because I'm just, I'm just not going to buy that. I, I just, I don't. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> That's a lot right there, right? That's a lot. Oh, man. Oh, I feel really good, though. I feel really good. And the reason that I feel really good is because I know the lane that I'm supposed to be in. And I know that what I'm doing is working. It's a slow burn, man. It's a slow burn. But I'm war ready. I'm in the trenches. And I'm going to be here for a while. Put me in the wow. I'll be there for a while. Oh, that's the next song. Next week, that's the next song. What song is that? Put me in the wow. I'll be there for a while. In the jazz of bunny. It keep going. I'm laid up. Who free throwing? Who rebounding? Who gives a shit? Fuck that. I got 27 years of this. Hit or miss. I hit your misses. You want local news. I'm 60 minutes. <laughs> that's no ceilings. Uh, that's Wayne and no ceilings. Oh. Rockstar lifestyle might not make it. Living life high every day. Click wasted. Wasted. There we go. Wasted. <laughs> this brain of mine, there's just always just lyrics rattling around in there. But you know what? Like that. <laughs> So next week, that's what we're coming into. Wasted by Lil Wayne from the No Stealings mixtape. Because uh, these are the mixtape days. There we go. Like it all comes full circle. And the, the, like moments like this, like, the, you know, look, I'm not going to look too deeply into, into that little moment. But just the fact that I just feel a synergy. I feel a synergy in everything that I'm doing. And that's how I know it's real. And that's the feedback that I get and the feeling that I get doing this and the feeling that I'm able to get from other people um, whose feedback does matter. That's that's what matters to me. That's really what matters to me. And so it's there's a synergy in all of this. And it, and it does. It all comes together as one. And I swear it might not look like it. You might have your doubts. There might be some long days and months and years before it gets to where I'm trying to take it. But it's real. It's authentic, and I know what I got to do to take this where I'm trying to go. That's it. So, again, like, I'm just, I'm at that point where people who don't see the vision, um, what am I trying to say? I'm just... I'm at a point where I'm numb to the doubt of people that don't understand the vision. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm numb to that. Uh, it's like, you know what? And maybe, you know, maybe the reason that I've spent more time on this um, today than I probably should have and, and probably more attention than, than, than it needed to get, okay? Um, we were at dinner the other night and my sister made a comment to me about working a real job. Okay, and it's rich because she just got her first big girl job out of college, got hired on, and so she's been working for a few months, and I'm absolutely a thousand percent proud of my sister. I love my sister. We're very, very close. We always have been, and we always will be, and I just, it <laughs> it was almost like, wow, that's, that's really what you think, like, and I, I was getting frustrated because 
It's like, well, first of all, a real job. Okay. Well, what were my California years? Was I just like making that up? Was I not working at one of the biggest companies in the country, Southern Wine and Spirits? And was I not managing all of Northern California and working from a home office in 2017, four years before any of this year happened and last year happened? And did I not, have I not mastered the work from home thing? Honey, I was working from home, battling the day-to-day in the trenches at my deepest pits of depression by myself with no one else around me at all. And I made it out of that and still succeeded, still sold a million five in product my first year with the company before I got another half year in and said, I need to get the fuck out of here or else I'm not going to get the fuck out of here, if you know what I mean. And came back and I'm doing this. And it was like, okay, I know you're, I know you're, you may be kidding around, but in all jokes, there's a hint of truth. There's a, there's a nugget of truth that's underlying to every single joke that we tell, right? That's kind of what makes them funny is it's like, it's funny because it's kind of true. Like that's how most comedy works. And same thing with your sister sitting at a dinner table, kind of cracking a joke at you and, and, and taking a shot. And maybe she didn't mean for it to be that, but she absolutely, the way she said it, you know, she was like looking down upon me when she just started working her real job. And I don't want to take anything away from what she's doing or make it sound illegitimate or anything because I'm very proud of her. It is very legitimate and it's fucking awesome and should be celebrated. But she sees what I'm doing and sometimes I meet older people that don't understand podcasts and, and, and they, just, they just fail to grasp the big picture in this. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe, maybe it's because I don't do a good enough job explaining to them the vision, but I can tell from the feedback that they give me and the vibe that they give me, and if they're looking at their phone when I'm telling them, or if they're sitting on the edge of their seat, if they're actually interested in what I'm saying, or they're just waiting for their turn to talk. There's a big difference in that. And it's like, why would I exhaust myself, and why would I explain to them the vision? If they don't, if if I can already tell that they don't get it, then I'm not going to waste my time on that person. And it all ties into this feedback about if somebody doesn't like the fact that I cuss, why would I exhaust myself on that person or the group of people that they represent in, oh, we don't like foul language, then fuck you all. Like, it's that simple to me. And, it, and it's just like, that's what it is. And... It, that 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 did that really that that bugged me. But if that's you know what my sister sees me doing right now, and I and I guess it's you know look, it it can kind of be like um, if you just think about it on a base level, like I could see where somebody might be like just because of the way that podcasts are talked about. You know, anybody can have one, right? Um, but not everybody can do what I'm doing, and not everybody is able or willing to do what I'm doing. And it's so much bigger than just a podcast. And me taping in the studio that I built in my basement and actually having this big, this, this big plan and this strategic vision of where I'm taking this. And for somebody to just say, well, you don't work a real job or is this all you do? Wow. Or like talk shit to me because I drive for Uber and I'm, an, I'm seen in society as an Uber driver. Well, then they fail to understand the big picture and they fail to see the vision. And based on those comments, that's not somebody that I'm going to try and break it down to get them to understand or waste my time trying to sell because they're never going to buy. And it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time. So I think I just workshop myself in that moment. <laughs> 
this is what I do for other people. And because I've been practicing this for like eight months now, I'm getting really good at it. I really, really am getting good at at, at hosting these little mini workshops 10, 15 minutes at a time in the car. (laughs) And now I'm doing them with myself as I'm speaking this stuff out and I'm talking and I'm listening to myself. It's like I just workshop myself because now I'm understanding why um, that 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 pissed me off and bummed me out so much that um, somebody gave me this this feedback about the cussing thing. And then I was being pressured into, hey, you should maybe think about this. Are you going to change this? And I'm like, no, not even for a second did I even stop to possibly consider doing that for that person. No, I did not. No, and, and I won't, and I won't. And the reason that I was, I think, so a little bit more emotional about it or, or just like, yeah, yeah, affected by it, I guess, um, was because of this conversation that, that just happened like two or three nights ago. Um, and it's just like, okay, fine, but, but that's fine. If you don't see the vision, then one day, one day you will. And, and one day you're going to see where, where it did get to. And you're going to be like, wow, huh, look at that, you know? And you know what's funny is a lot of people, once it gets to that point, they still don't want to give it credit. They they still want to be like begrudging and be like, uh, anybody could have done that, you know. Or uh, even worse, they uh, they 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 patronize you by saying, "Well, I always knew you could do it," and it's like, no, no, you didn't. You are so fake. You are so fake to me right now. Where yes was that dog when we were in the trenches battling this shit out day by day, getting ourselves up? You weren't. You weren't. So don't come around and try to gas me up because I like running on E. Ah, That's it, baby. That's it. That's it. Okay, now I want to shift gears here and I need to... Um, I've been really lucky. Like I was saying earlier, I've been really lucky because I've had people that I know die but nobody that I'm extremely close with has passed away. I haven't had to say goodbye and lose somebody that... I've really, really been close with at the time of their passing, okay? My uncle passed away earlier this year, but we had been, or sometime in 2020, and I I can't remember, but we had been estranged for, you know, 10 years plus, hadn't seen or talked to him, hadn't heard from him, and we weren't close. Um, So his passing, and I did talk about that on the show, but his passing to me, you know, he had died a long time ago to me. And it had been a while since I had lost anybody that I was close with or friends with or, you know, knew more than maybe seeing them in a bar or something. Like, um, as I've gotten older and kids that we went to college with have passed away and it was like, oh, I remember seeing him or her in the bar, you know, or just something like that in passing. Oh, I had a class with them. But I've been really lucky in that I haven't lost anybody that I've been close with. And this week, my friend Tanner Chapman passed away. And I'm emotional about it. I'm emotional about it because I love this kid. And let me back up. Tanner is, I have a best friend named Cameron. And Cameron is the most avid shit talker I know, by the way. Absolute dog when it comes to shit talking. He's one of my best friends. He's been, he's actually, out of all of my best friends, he is the longest relationship and best friendship that I've had 
We've been tight since we were in seventh grade together. And he moved up here from Tennessee. And when he did, he was playing football and baseball and we all just kind of hung out. And actually, he was one of the people that I was kicking it with back when I was listening to country music, hanging out with my friend Trent and Richard. And it was like this middle school thing with Nick Sagan. And, and we just had all these guys that we kicked it with in middle school. And Cameron had moved up and then he went back down, I think, after our sophomore year because we all played JV baseball together. <laughs> Got busted for uh, some garage shopping back in the day. <laughs> um, that's a story for a different day. But um, Cameron moved back down to Tennessee after our sophomore year of high school. But then he would still come up to visit. Whenever he would come up and visit, he would stay with me and my family. Whenever I would go down to Tennessee, it was a, a no-brainer. I was going to stay with Cameron. And we've just been super tight. And his family is close with me, and I'm close with his family. And my mom looks at him as a son. I look at his parents like they're my mom, you know, another set of mom and dads to me. And Cameron has a couple cousins. One of them is Tanner. And I really thought that it was cool when I was in college. Cam was going to Tennessee, and I would go down in the fall and in the spring and visit. And when I would come in the fall, we would do the big tailgate and we would all be at the ATO house. They were ATOs too. So I would go and hang out with them. Um, I can remember when Cam was pledging and then getting done with that and then living in the house at one point, I think our sophomore year of college or, or maybe the junior year. But then we ended up, uh, he ended up living off campus for a while after that. But these are all trips that I can vividly remember going down for a football game in the fall and then in the spring we would go down for fight night, which was a huge deal down there and always really fun. One of our boys fought in it one week, one weekend. That was really funny to watch him. I can't remember if he won or lost or not. Did Veal win? Did, did, uh, did Veal win? I can't remember if Veal won or lost. But um, it was a group that welcomed me in and Tanner was a part of that group. Because Tanner was Cameron's younger cousin, and Cameron had an older cousin, Theta, who was also an ATO. And so it was all like their thing, and I met their friends, and everybody was super chill. And it was always one of my favorite things to do every fall and spring was go down and take my Knoxville trip. And over the course of those trips, I became very close with Tanner. He was like a brother to Cameron, and they grew up basically as brothers. I think he was like a year underneath us in school right there in the same age, and they grew up as brothers. Uh, all three of those guys did. And when I would go down there, it was like hanging out with another one of Cameron's brothers, like the brother that he never had, you know? And Tanner was the person that everybody wanted to be around. He had that kind of a vibe and an energy about him that everybody just gravitated towards. And he was somebody that I could not wait to be around. Every time I every time I was coming down, of course, I love Cameron. Can't wait to see Cameron. It goes without being said. But I always really looked forward to seeing Tanner and seeing a lot of the other friends that I made during those trips and have stayed connected with in some way over social media over the last seven, eight years since, since this was going on. About seven years now, I guess. That's weird to think about. But... Um, God, was it that long? I mean, 2021, I graduated 2015, so some of them are. Yeah, fuck, man, I'm getting old. Um, 
he was one of those people that I just I knew I was gonna see him. And 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 it's funny because I can remember when he was a pledge, I can remember him going through pledge ship and all the pledges there had to have like a cigarette on him at all times and a can of dip. And uh, he was a driver for us when I would went down there. You know, he was on driver duty, on beeper. That's what they called it. And uh, I can remember watch like looking at him and him taking us to the bars or wherever we were going and just being like, "All right, Tanner, we'll see you later." And then him getting done at the end of the night and then coming to find us and kick it with us. And then I can remember going back down when we were older, and he was living off campus. And we would go and meet up with him, and I would say, "Hey, are we gonna get to see Tanner?" And he said, "Yeah, he's he's working right now, but we're gonna you know go over there later. He's gonna come over here." And it was funny just because I would leave and come back and leave and come back, and it was the same people, right? Same same energy, same vibe, but it was just seeing them at these different points in their life, where it's almost like you're you're returning to the storyline and you skipped ahead, and then you check back in with somebody and you see how they're living, and then you come back. And unfortunately, after college and after I moved out to California and coming back to Kentucky, I hadn't seen Tanner in a, in a while. It, it, it had been probably since those trips. I might be glossing over maybe seeing him in passing, but it wasn't soon after they all graduated and I moved back to Kentucky that Cam moved to Nashville and lives in Nashville now. So he's not even in Knoxville. And I, I don't know where Tanner was living um, shame on me for that. I, uh, I, I can't remember the last time that I saw him. It would have been one of those trips because I don't think I've been down to Knoxville since those trips. And unless Tanner was in Nashville on a, just a, on a whim, um, I, I really have only been in Nashville a handful of times to go and hang out. So I, I, I mean, it's, it's been a while since I saw him and it hurts because the last time that I returned to that storyline and checked in, he was the same jovial Tanner that everybody just wanted to be around. And he just, he had a way about him, man, where connecting with him was so easy and it was so effortless. And you just, you looked at him smiling, his little goofy smile, and you're like, this kid's a bro. This, this kid's a fucking, I love this kid. I love this kid. And even though I didn't get to see him a lot, we were friends on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And so we would sometimes DM and we stayed in touch like that, just like I do with a lot of those guys that I, that I was hanging out with on those trips. And, um, I'm really going to miss him. I'm really going to miss him. You know, in the time that I had last seen him, I, I had been told that he was losing a battle to addiction and it was getting pretty bad. I don't know how bad. I don't I don't know. I know that at one point his family didn't know what else to do and I think as most families grapple with addiction you you try to scare the person cuz you're scared. You're scared for them. And so you say if you don't stop this then we can't support you. We can't be available to you. Because it's hurtful. It's 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 hurtful and painful to watch somebody that you love go down that path and watch addiction, if left unmanaged, take everything from somebody and totally turn them into a shell of themselves. That is such a common story all over America. And it's really sad. And and Tanner overdosed. Tanner overdosed. 
And I just, it hurts me because I knew him as this guy and I didn't have to see him slide down into what seemed like a series of fuck-ups. And I know how hard that can be. I know how hard that can be to watch and to, to, to love somebody like that and to not know what to do. And I think at some point it had gotten to the point where it was kind of a tough love situation and they didn't, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to make it sound like they just turned their back on this kid or anything like that because that's that's not my business. I don't know that for, I, I don't know. I, so I'm not, I'm not trying to speculate. I'm just, I'm just saying I know that it was getting tough for on the family and on Tanner and that it was getting bad and I didn't know I don't know how bad it was but I knew that it was it was it was getting bad and that was kind of like the last thing that I had heard because anytime Cameron and I would talk we would I would ask hey how's Tanner how's Theta like you know how's your family we would talk about that kind of stuff and I would get filled in and then this week I saw that he was tagged in something on Facebook and it was like an hour old. You know how Facebook, when somebody that you follow is tagged, even if you don't follow that other person, it'll show up on your timeline? That's what happened. And I saw that he was tagged and when I started to read and was like, oh, Tanner, Tanner's tagged in something. And I started to read this lengthy post. I I just, my heart, about hit my fucking stomach. And I'm reading, I'm so sorry that we lost you. And and I'm and I'm like, what the fuck? Tanner died? Tanner died? Are you serious right now? And you know, I I I tried to call Cameron and he was, I'm sure, getting his phone blown up. And so we were texting a little bit, and I just I'm just like, damn, dude, like I know that how much you loved him and that's that's like he's a brother to you and he was a brother to me. That was that was my brother. That was my brother right there. And I lost a brother this week. And I lost a brother to a battle with addiction. And it breaks my heart because I think to myself that could be me. Could have been me. Might be me. Can't see the future. Things are good right now. I've got everything under control right now. Who knows in 5 years, 10 years. And everybody has their own things that they're into. For him, it was something different than from what I'm into. But I know that if I just went off the rails and was just drinking vodka Red Bulls and going on a five-day bender and doing whatever and, and, and whoever and just letting it all spiral, I would unravel. And, I, and, and who knows what I would look like at the end of that. But if I just let addiction run my life and didn't stay vigilant and, and just battle with it every day, the 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 want to get fucked up and to binge and we're drinking and somebody's got Molly yeah sure why not somebody's got some coke yeah I'll do a bump oh is that a joint yeah let me get that another shot sure why not like I'm just like that's not I don't I don't have one thing that I'm necessarily addicted to I just like it all I just like it all <laughs> and that can be tough. And I just know that how much that I like it, you know, it's like after that certain amount of time, I'm I'm done with it. I don't want it for a while. I had my fun. I had my binge. I got it out of my system. And now like it's 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 tough. But I've stopped doing that because 
that, riding that high, going up, 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 up with all those uppers and then crashing down and being bipolar so my brain chemistry is already susceptible to to big changes in positive and negative energies and it, the come down is just too difficult for me. It's too hard to bear. I don't do that anymore. I, I, I don't. Uh, I haven't taken a hard drug in over a year and the only hard drug that I've taken has been Molly and I, in my opinion, Molly and MDMA is vastly different from something like opioids but you know <laughs> what is it for me you know like to, to each their own but it's just I think to myself damn like that could be me because I you know I don't know I mean I just I just I fear the worst for myself like what if one day it just what if I'm in a really shitty place and I just completely spiral out of control and I'm at the bottom of the barrel somewhere I'd probably say yes to anything to take that pain away. Like, that scares me. And I don't know how I'm going to die. But I guarantee it's probably not going to be of cancer, an old man in my bed. And so when I see somebody that I'm close with battle with addiction and lose, or when I see somebody overdose, that's scary to me. And I'll never do heroin. I will never, ever do heroin. Because the scary thing about heroin is... It can make an addict out of anybody. Some people are predisposed to become addicts. And then there's opioids, which will make an addict out of the most sober Sally or Sam that you know. And that's very scary. That's very scary. And I just know, knowing myself, I'm somebody that, for instance, let me give you a, paint a picture of my personality, okay? Recently, there's this new place on Hurstbourne that opened up called Core Life. It's got some healthier menu options, really good stuff, some tacos, some like pad thai bowls, really good. And I went there for lunch on Wednesday with my girlfriend. On Friday, I was back in there to try other things off of their menu. I liked it that much. So I know that if I tried heroin, I would probably be the guy that would be there on a Monday and then come back on Tuesday to test out the next batch. And I would be hooked. And I just, I pray to God that I, I never, ever, ever find myself looking down the barrel of those kind of decisions because I, I want no part of it. I, I, none. And I just have the, I have a more sympathetic approach to that and, and, a, and, a, and a more sympathetic understanding to how somebody loses everything through addiction and loses their life or loses their loved ones or loses their belongings. I just I have a I have a a soft spot to that. And like I said, I haven't lost many people that I've been very close with at the time of their death. I haven't had to bury many friends. I've been really really lucky in that sense. The closest for me was my friend Trent that I mentioned, him and another friend of ours named John got in a car accident our senior year of high school and John lost his life. Trent lost his vision. And that that was tough. That was really tough. That rocked us. As a community and as a high school, I mean, this was, we're talking about, an, again, a guy that was just jovial. I mean, just the most jolliest fucking guy. Everybody was friends with him. He could talk to anybody. He just wanted to be around people. And that, but that was 2011, you know? 
And so I've been lucky in that I've gone this long without having to really think about this stuff and the fragility of life, but I lost a good friend. I lost a brother this week, and I lost a brother to a battle with addiction, and it's very sad, and I, and I, my thoughts are with the family. I love you guys so much. I'm sorry that this had to happen. I hate it. I hate it. My pain is your pain. Your pain is my pain, and your hurt is my hurt, and I'm hurt. My soul is hurt. My soul is hurt for him and you. And I hope that if you listen to this, you know that I I just, I'm not casting any judgment whatsoever, and, and I hope that you won't get mad that I said what I said here, and I just, the bottom line that you need to know from me is that I love Tanner. And I love anybody like Tanner. Imperfect human beings. That's what we all are. And I I just, that's my boy. That's my boy. I'd do anything for him. And I just, I'm going to miss him. I'm really going to miss him a lot. I'm really going to miss him a lot. So, (sighs) I know that's uh, not the way that we typically end these but I guess I saved the realest for last because my heart hurts and I've said this before, after you lose somebody that you love, the way in which you go about your life from that point on is in memory of them and in honor of them. So let this be a challenge to myself, to Cameron, to the family, to continue to go about your day-to-day life and your business and everything that you're doing in memory of Tanner, because he can no longer be here with us. And I just hope that the war that he was raging with himself and within himself is over and that he's at peace now. I I really I, I really hope and, and and wish that for him. And for you. And that the pain that you guys have, have experienced over the last several years or however long this has really been an issue that you'll find closure and and peace and can move on from this. I love you guys. All right. That's it. Um, I'm sorry that we kind of ended on a a down note this week, but I I had to say my piece about it, and I I didn't want to start off the episode kind of in a a little funk, and um, this has been weighing on me, and I'm I'm just going to miss my friends, so... Uh, if you've lost anybody to addiction, my heart goes out to you. If um, you're kind of going through this right now, you're watching somebody that you love go down that path, I know it's tough. Just hang in there and just let them know that you love them and that you're there for them. And um, If there's any way that I can help, hit me up at bennytomp18 at gmail.com. Email me. Hit me on social media. My DMs are open. Uh, I'd be happy to talk to anybody. And uh, You know, I, I just... This is something that always hits really, really deep for me. So think about it. I'll be back next week. Uber Stories Part 25. And I'll also be in Vegas. So we're going to have some good stories the following week. I hope you'll tune in. That's it for me. I'm Ben Tompkins. That's Real Talk.